Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Is most of the world going to be full-time freelancing? I don't think so. But are we going to move to a stage where 80, potentially 90% of all income-earning adults have some type of freelance income stream? I think so. And like you said, right, it's it's almost like that hope because your freelance business could end up being your full-time business. And hope is a a wonderful thing. It it keeps the daily grind of your nine-to-five not so tedious. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Hey friends, before we jump into the episode, I've got some exciting news. We just launched the new Everyone's Talking Money website and have lots of goodies for you. You can check out all the show notes for the recent episodes, as well as a full transcript for each episode. You can also grab two freebies, our top 25 episode guide, as well as our bonus free episode, Five Minutes to Unlock a New Money Mindset. And you can get on our super special email list to get notices of 
upcoming workshops, courses, and events, special deals, and all the insider money tips and tricks. Just head to everyonestalkinmoney.com. That's everyone's, T-A-L-K-I-N, money.com. I often tell people that I'm allergic to fluorescent lights. It's, of course, not actually true, but I've really only had one W-2, 9-to-5 job in my life and have always been an entrepreneur and freelancer at heart. There are a lot of perks that come with freelancing, like the ability to make unlimited money and, of course, working your PJs and grabbing snacks whenever you want. But there are also downsides to freelancing and being an entrepreneur. It's often hard to get paid after you do your job. Most companies like to really drag out that payment schedule, and that can leave you just feeling in a big money pinch. With high inflation, so many freelancers are extra nervous as companies are trying to cut costs. Not to worry, our guest, Tony Tran, is CEO and co-founder of Lumanu. It is a platform that democratizes the creator economy by allowing creators and freelancers just like you to grow, collaborate, and thrive on your own terms. Tony's here to share how to get paid as a freelancer or creator, tax changes impacting freelancers, important deductions that you might not know about that you need to, and how to deal with the mental health side of freelancing so you can hopefully stop worrying so much about money. So all you side hustlers, freelancers, entrepreneurs, and creators, this episode is jam-packed with great information to set you up for money success. Let's start talking. We have a lot I want to talk about. Uh, I read the statistic as I was uh, thinking about our conversation, and it said that it's projected in 2027 that 86.5 million people are going to be freelancing in the U.S., and that that's going to take up somewhere around like 50% of the total workforce, which I think is amazing. And I, I've been an entrepreneur my entire career, so I know there are a lot of upsides to freelancing, right? We can set our own schedule, we have vacation time, <laughs> work in our jammies, sometimes we can get paid more. But, uh, you know, there's also some downsides, right, when it comes to getting paid. I know this personally. One of my, uh, the top off my head is that it can take forever to get paid, sometimes like 90 days plus, and you're just like, ah, I need the money. <laughs> but you're the expert, Tony. So I would love for you to just educate us a little bit about like the pros and cons of being a freelancer. Yeah, no, definitely. You hit the nail on the head there. You know, I think for some of us who, had the uh, you know the luxury of a full time job. It's sometimes you take it for granted, right? Your paycheck comes on the same day every single week, right. and you never have to worry about the CFO forgetting to write you a paycheck. Well, most of us don't have to, <laughs> but freelancers, you know, don't have that luxury. And I think for a lot of folks, especially the people that are paying freelancers, they don't realize that you know, unlike a big company with venture back funding or large amounts of business loans, these are folks where every dollar matters, right? Because the line between right. life and work is pretty blurred. And um, to your point, you know, put yourself in the shoes of someone that's like running finance at a Walmart or a big agency, right? You have your payroll, you have your office lease, your rents, you have all of these things. And then on top of all of that, you have bills and invoices your freelancer sent you. And unfortunately, you know, the, um, the folks that have the most power tends to get paid the fastest and freelancers especially individual freelancers don't have that much power in the grand scheme of things in, in the finance world. And that's why they tend to have the worst payment terms, whether it's, you know, net 30, net 60, net 90. And I, I would say that's probably one of the biggest issues with freelancers um, and something that people have to plan for, you know, even if you finish your work today, 
in September, you might not get that money until October, November, sometimes December. And sometimes the best clients, you know, the really lucrative ones, they also tend to be the ones that can have the longest payment terms. Right. Yeah, there's like that unfair kind of relationship. Yeah, it's like, like twenty two. Yeah, it's like I, I'm I'm waiting on a you know big sum of money, but yeah. I know I'm not going to get it till like January. <laughs> exactly. And you know we've seen so many people um, in the freelance community solve this in many different ways, but there's always trade offs. You know, one of the common ways is hey, as soon as you sign a contract, you ask for a deposit up front which does work well if you're the type of freelancer who gets to call the shots. Like what, kind of, like what kind of deposit could you ask for? It depends on the type of work you do. You know, let's say you're a web, freelance website designer. Um, you can usually ask for like a 25 deposit and say like, you know, this is for all of the strategy work that I have to do before I even write one line of code. Mm. Um, if you're like a freelance writer, maybe you can put a deposit. And it's usually helpful to tie a deposit to some type of deliverable that's relatively easy for you to do. Right. Um, but that's, you know, 25, 20 percent is a pretty decent deposit. If you're really big, you might be able to push for like 50 percent upfront payment. Although I would say, again, there's a trade off here. You know, the, the higher the upfront payment, you might just end up losing the entire deal, which, you know, this oh, is a pretty big downside. Okay. <laughs> okay, right. So there's like that sweet spot, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's one way that I've seen people do it. You know, another way. And this is something that you know our company does a lot is there are ways that you can get cash for the work that you've done um, without having to worry about negotiating those type of payment terms up front. You know, especially imagine you're kicking off a brand new relationship with a potential client. This is the first time you've ever worked with them. The last thing that you want to deal with and they want to deal with is talking about the nuances of payment terms, you know, deposits and all those things, right? You want to nurture the relationship, talk about deliverables, talk about the vision that you both have for, for the relationship. Um, so in those situations, it's helpful to have some type of other instrument, um, whether it's like using Lumanu, you know, or, or any, you know, there's many great apps out there that can help you essentially, as soon as you sign a contract, you can get a little bit of cash on that contract just to, to make sure that you don't run out of cash. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so stressful. I'm just thinking about, you know, especially when I started my career as an entrepreneur, there was a lot of anxiety and, and yeah. fear. And I had to do a lot of work like on my own relationship with money and, you know, a lot of the things you're talking about, like valuing my work to ask for deposits and, and just, you know, things like that. But, you know, from your perspective, like if anyone's listening, you know, how do freelancers, how do they balance like this love of freedom that you get with freelancing with also like the mental health side of just not freaking out about money all day long? That's a really great question. You know, I would say that the mental health side is probably the hardest thing about it being a freelancer, mostly because you don't have sort of the boss and, and the safe framework, right? You have to sort of drive yourself um, every single day to, to keep doing the work. And I would say that there's a lot of tools out there um, that you should leverage, especially when it comes to money and finance. And it's one of those things where you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, there's start, start a toolkits um, that other freelancers have put out on whether it's on community websites, where essentially you can get a QuickBooks account, have it all set up for you so you don't have to stress out about what's a receivable, what's a payable, you know, what's an expense, what's a bill. The less that you can try to learn something new that's not core to your business and you can outsource those things, the better off you'll be. Um, you know, I have a saying that a lot of freelancers, they sometimes undervalue their time. Right. right. And sometimes your time is the most valuable thing. You can always make more money. You can always cut costs. 
but you only have 24 hours in a day. So one of the areas that I always encourage is get some type of part-time bookkeeper account to help you on day one. Um, there's a lot out there that specialize in freelancers that don't cost a lot of money. And the upside for you, right, is almost like therapy, you know, you, <laughs> yes. it's like a gym membership. Like it's going to help your mental health. It's going to help your physical health. And it's going to give you so much more time to invest in networking, getting clients, getting customers. Do you have any strategies for, you know, how you would find like a good bookkeeper for if you're a freelancer? Yeah. So there's two ways. One, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but Lumanu has a index, right? Almost a collective where we ask all of our freelancers, creators, solopreneurs to tell us who their bookkeepers are. And then we source all of that. So you can nice. always go to us and we can share it to you. It's like public database. Um, if you don't, you know, you can also, if you have any freelancer creators in your life, you can always ask them as well. You know, referrals is one of the best ways, um, especially if you talk to a freelancer, then you know that their bookkeeper knows that business well. Um, and it's just always helpful because a bookkeeper for like a freelance business is very different than say a bookkeeper for, you know, a, a gym, right. Or a beauty salon. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want, and you want to find somebody who is like, speaks the language exactly. of, of freelancing. Absolutely. I love that. Well, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, kind of what we talked about, the stats of, of, of entrepreneurship and how that's going to be about 50% of the workforce. Do you think with all the changes in the world over the last few years that we're headed for maybe an even larger number of freelancers, solopreneurs, or is it just something that is, is a little bit trendy right now? You know, I absolutely do. I think once the, uh, the genie's out of the, the lamp, if you will, <laughs> this is the way that the world's going. And you know, it's not a mutually exclusive thing to be both a freelancer and a full-time employee. Yeah, tell so me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll use my wife as an example. Um, she used to work in a company um, and, you know, she would do her full-time job. And then as part of her job, she had this great passion for coaching, right? Life coaching. And she started doing some consulting on the side. And that's essentially a freelance work, right? She was invoicing, getting paid. She had to learn how to set up an LLC. But at some point she transitioned over to doing her, um, you know, her freelance business as a full-time business. But many people don't actually make that full-time transition. Um, marketers is a great example. You know, there's a lot of marketers out there who have their full-time job, but they also make a pretty steady side income stream, uh, sharing their expertise, doing consulting work, doing one-off projects. Um, so to your point, you know, is most of the world going to be full-time freelancing? I don't think so. But are we going to move to a stage where 80, potentially 90% of all income-earning adults have some type of freelance income stream? I think so. And like you said, right, it's, it's almost like that hope because your freelance yeah. business could end up being your full-time business. And hope is a, is a wonderful thing. It, it keeps the daily grind of your nine to five not so tedious. <laughs> and, and I think that's a kind of exciting too. I mean, I'm obviously a money person, so I like to geek out on this a little bit. But, you know, I always say that it, in my view, our generation of uh, retirement is going to look so much different. Like, I don't even know if we're going to actually have traditional retirement because I think, you know, just what you're talking about, about freelancing, the the idea that you could have that along with another job, or you could have maybe just a small little bit of freelancing, but it provides enough income that maybe you don't have to draw down on your other income sources like later in life. I, I just think the exciting part about it is that it gives you a lot of options. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you bring up a really good point about retirement funds. 
when you when we take a step back away from freelancing and you know the relationships with the clients and, and getting paid, there's actually a bigger societal issue. A lot of the safety nets that let's just use the U.S. right um, that America has in place today is predicated on W two employment. Right. You know, you think about your company essentially teaching you on day one of your job. You know, here's a 401k packet, right? Make sure that you do your contributions. Um, you know, by the way, we're going to pull money from your check for your social security and then all this and that. You even get unemployment insurance, right? If, if you get laid off. None of that exists for the freelance community. Um, and it's something that, you know, it's going to take an army to change. This is something that I think over time as the numbers start ticking up, you know, the, the government is going to have to do something or if not the government, some you know, collective of businesses and agencies and individual freelancers are going to have to do something. Um, who knows? Maybe there's a union of freelancers, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, but it's funny, you know, the other day I was eating in New York and I remember on my bill, there was a small percentage, right, for health benefits. Um, so you actually like would pay, right. I think, yeah, like okay. a few percentage points. And New York is one of the few states that, that does that. And I was just going through a thought experiment. Like imagine if every single freelancers, you know, magic wand, Tomorrow, they all start adding a 2% fee on all of their freelance contract. And literally, the fee is just called life tax or something, right? Um, it would and be phenomenal. Right? And then that money can go into health insurance, retirement funds, etc. Um, health insurance, by the way, is a whole other... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy that um, the lack of a safety net for, for the freelance community... All right. I think we need to start that movement of the 2% uh, surtax yeah. for, for life. I really like that idea. <laughs> right. If Ticketmaster can charge 22%, I don't Seriously. know why web designers, freelancers, copywriters can't charge 2%. Because the, the, the thing is, is freelancers are doing the work. You know, anyone listening, if you're a freelancer or solopreneur, you do a lot more work sometimes than somebody who may have the equivalent job working at a company, right? Because there's so many different elements that we have to do. We have to do everything from answering the phone and writing the emails to actually doing the work. And, you know, I, I think specifically when you were going on a little bit of a tangent here, but specifically when you're like pricing your workout, I do a lot of, um, you know, mind, money, mental health kind of work with people yeah. to work on their relationship to make sure you actually charge what you're, what you're worth because sometimes freelancers get to the end of the day and maybe they haven't charged as much as they're worth and then that comes in to play too when we're, when we're waiting on our paychecks. A hundred percent. You know, I say, I love that phrase, know your worth, because I think that's one of the things that, especially for freelancers just starting out, you tend to underestimate how valuable your output is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so much more than the number of hours you put in, right? It's also the number of hours you're saving your client. And your client might be thinking about hours in terms of entire teams, right? Instead of just individuals. Um, I have this saying that I tell our users all the time, you know, let's say you do a project and you're quoting a price of $1,000. Putting aside the price for now, right? There's going to be a lot of talking back and forth with your client, you're going to get to a point where the client goes, I really want to work with you. I love your approach, your, your experience, like everything is just checks all of the boxes. Now, is there really going to be that big of a difference to the client between a thousand and a thousand two hundred fifty and a thousand five hundred? Because if you think about it, is the client really going to restart the search all over again to find the perfect client or the perfect talent? And the answer is usually no. You know, like once you really want to work with someone, Value-based pricing is something I, I always talk about, right? It's, it's the value of that relationship, the output that that relationship can give. 
And a lot of freelancers, I think, sometimes go back into the world of almost like how much is one hour worth and then multiply that by the number of hours. Um, and then they would look on Upwork, for instance, right, to see like the average rate that some Upworkers are charging, which tend to be, by the way, very low um, because yes. marketplaces don't value relationships and long-term output, right? It's, it's all very transactional. Um, but yeah, definitely. And I, I hope that there's a, you know, it's funny, we, we talked about this quite a bit, but like there, there really is no glass door for freelancers, if you will. Um, the closest you have is going on Upwork or Fiverr <laughs> right. and try to find similar talent. Yeah. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features and view the product roadmap. This my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC.
The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. I want to hear about your story of, of what inspired you to create Luminu. I'm going to say this wrong. Lumanu, right? Lumanu. How am I? Lumanu. Lumanu. Okay. I'm going to get that right. Okay. Um, So I really want to hear your your story, what inspired you to create Lumanu. But first, I want to hear the story. I was peeping around on your website and I was reading a little bit about the story of your mom and her iPad and kind of how that sort of changed your life, you know, thinking about about the creator relationship. I'd love to hear a little bit about that story. Yeah, definitely. You know, so my family, for those that don't know, um, we immigrated from Vietnam to South Carolina in 1994. And I was fortunate. I was pretty young, so I, I picked up English pretty fast. But, you know, my parents, by the time, they were 50s, 60s, right? So... The boat has sort of sailed, so they didn't really learn English that much. And it's something that I think a lot of us take for granted. You know, we're surrounded by so much media, entertainment, educational media, informative media. But if you don't understand a language, your options are very limited. And before the rise of YouTube and and everything else, the content that my parents were able to consume were the content that was worth it, you know, um, were worthwhile to to produce. And it's really like two TV stations in LA that were making all the Vietnamese language content. The one thing that's really inspirational for me when I I see the rise of YouTube, for instance, and there's so many Vietnamese Americans who go around doing cooking shows, travel shows, and it's content that my mom can understand. And that just, you know, made a light bulb go off in my head where the world can only benefit with more creativity and more producers of content, whether that content is to inspire, to entertain, to educate, or just to waste time, you know? 
And the more options there are, the better it is for people like my mom, who are massively underserved by the traditional institutions and mainstream, you know, media channels. Um, and I'm sure there are many other people who maybe, you know, aren't Vietnamese, but maybe they're Hmong or you know they're Eastern European. And it's just so awesome to to have that diversity of content, and also to be able to see yourself right in in Instagram and in, in YouTube. And then a lot of those folks sometimes they go beyond those type of platforms and into mainstream media, you know, whether it's Netflix or, or HBO and what have you. Um, but yeah, I think just seeing that rise, and I just know, like I mentioned earlier, once the genie's out of the bag, this proliferation of solopreneurs, whether it's, you know, doing client work like a freelancer or doing creative work like a creator or even doing like brand sponsorship like an influencer, um, it's, it's going to keep going up because I know there's a massive need for it um, from the consumer side. So then uh, where did you have kind of that light bulb moment where you're like, hey, I have to create a company that really serves this community? Yeah, you know, for me, um, it's such a big problem, right? Like, how do I serve this community of solopreneurs, creators, and independent professionals? And as a startup, one of the first things, you know, you, you do is you try to pick your wedge. You know, what are we, what am I, especially as a founder, really good at, really differentiated in terms of my approach and my understanding of the problem space? And, and pick a lane. And just talking to a bunch of people and also just talking to people outside of this space, um, you know, in local businesses and so forth, you start honing in on a problem. And that problem that you, we mentioned at the very beginning of this call ended up being the one that we really gravitated towards. You know, it's not the only problem we're going to solve forever, but it was a really great initial problem. And that problem is how do we help people get paid faster without being stressed out, without having anxiety? And we also know that getting paid is so much more than just you know, moving money from your client's bank account to your bank account. There's also all of the paperwork that happens before you get paid. It's also all of the tax and paperwork you, that happens after you get paid. And then all of the tax implications and so forth. And that's the problem that we really wanted to solve. And we realized that the fact that that solution exists for other industries, but not for the freelancer, solopreneur industry is, is what got us really excited about the opportunity. Yeah, I just, I love it. I mean, I think you know, any tools that freelancers can have, especially if you're a new freelancer and you're trying to figure out everything, it, it's mm -hmm. so important. One of the things you, you mentioned are taxes, and I want to just touch on this just briefly because I know that it's definitely something we all have to deal with as freelancers. It can be a big headache. And there's also been quite a few, you know, tax changes recently um, I know that, you know, the IRS is really kind of trying to hone in on freelancers. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about like what's kind of what's kind of happening w when it comes to taxes. Yeah, for sure. So a couple of years ago, there was a big shift in terms of um, the threshold for doing um, reporting. So there was a period of time where if you're a freelancer, you'll get this form called the 1099 MISC. Now you get something called a 1099 NEC. I think it stands for non-employer comp. So every single freelancer, when you do work for any client, whether it's you know your local gym all the way up to like a Walmart, and you earn more than six hundred dollars, you're going to get one of these forms. And um, you know you get these forms um, at the end of the year. You also have to submit a W nine or a W eight if you're living like in Canada, and you get to submit your quarterly taxes. So even the threshold of reporting has really dropped, and you're seeing this now even with you know freelancers who used to think getting paid via PayPal is going to help them without having to do this now even paypal if, i don't know if you know you've logged into it recently they're asking for for forms and stuff and you're going to get a form for paypal as well 
Um, it's just a lot of forms, right? And one thing that freelancers don't really know, we call them the 1099 generation because the IRS expects a 1099 from you. Um, and you're going to have to sometimes, not actually all the time, do quarterly taxes as well. You do have a grace period, but you're supposed to be paying your quarterly taxes versus like a, a W-2 employee, right? Like a full-time employee who only has to pay at the end of the year. There's just a lot of stuff. That's what I was saying. Like, there's really two approaches. If your business is about money, accounting, taxes, you should learn all of this because that's your business. If it is literally anything else, right, from <laughs> any other business, you should really get an expert because the laws and everything change all the time. I'll give you one example that- Yeah, um, do, please. Social creators and influencers, they don't realize this, but when a brand sends you free stuff for you to talk about and make content, that is actually taxable. Really? Yeah, like, you know, the infamous opera um, story where- she gave away a bunch of free cars and everyone had to pay taxes on it and they didn't realize. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I actually had an example where I knew someone um, who did a lot of luxury collaborations and the IRS literally went through her Instagram feed, you know, and, and picked out all of the oh posts with her Chanel bags, her Prada <laughs> bags, and calculated the tax rates on each one of those. And she had to pay taxes for all of those. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, Listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. 
Tune into the daily book club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Wow. Um, so if you if you think you're somehow like slipping by, you yeah. need to be very careful, especially if you're posting it all online. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's funny, it's super timely right now, like with the new, what is it, $60 billion injection into the IRS with the recent um, congressional bill, cash businesses and non-W-2 employment is one of the top areas of enforcement because it's also one of the easiest areas for people to, you know, whether intentional or primarily unintentional, um, not pay the appropriate taxes. And you know, they're just going to do a lot of auditing, you know, going through, um, going through your work. So one of the things I tell creators and freelancers is, you know, when you get comped, try to always get comped in cash because in goods and free stuff, you still got to pay taxes on it. And if you are doing something, let's say you want to start a relationship with someone. So you want to just do something for minimal cash and, and mostly, you know, free product or something. Um, just upcharge them what you think the tax is going to be on that. You know, if you do something for a Peloton bike, that, you know, $2,000 Peloton bike is probably like a $300 tax bill for you. <laughs> So, you know, just just make sure that you incorporate that into your fees. I would imagine, too, that, you know, so many people have YouTube channels. Yep. And I would imagine there's probably a lot of this that happens, like if we're talking about YouTube as well, where you may talk about a product or somebody sends you a product and like you're just not even thinking that there would be some sort of tax implication, but it actually is is there. Yeah, exactly. That's why we said earlier, you know, it's so important to have a bookkeeper that really knows your domain, whether it's a freelancer or a, you know, freelancer who's also a YouTuber. Um, but yeah, taxes on product um, and so forth is, is a really common, common area for the IRS to, to dig deeper in. So talking a little bit about the, the flip side, and one of, one of the biggest yeah. benefits of being a freelancer uh, is the write-offs, which yes. they can be glorious. So, yep. you know, you play in this world all the time. You know, what are some of maybe the most common or even surprising kind of write-offs that creators and freelancers can take? Definitely. So this is going to depend a little bit on the type of freelancer you are, you know, the type of content you do. But I would say primarily there are three areas that I've noticed are underutilized but can be quite big money savers so number one is office space um you know whether it's you own a home if you corner off a part of your home that is strictly office that is something that's tax deductible um you know if you 
rent a hotel for the purpose of actually doing work because you need to get away from you know your family for a little bit because it's really hard, right? <laughs> I don't to, know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, that's tax deductible as well. You know, if you're a photographer or someone creative and you're renting an Airbnb in order to shoot, you know, a month's or a year's worth of photos, that's also tax deductible. So spaces, right, for for work purposes. Um, number two is actually meals and entertainment is what we call it. But any meal or work meeting discussions over lunch, coffee, dinner, those are all tax deductible as well. It's really good though to keep you know digital records. Um, common misperception is the IRS doesn't really need paper receipts anymore. We've moved past that. Thank God. But if yeah, right. But every time that you actually do, you know, if you use a credit card, especially a business card, um, you know, and it, it goes into like an Expensify or Lumanu has an expense system. Um, you know, just making sure that you take notes like, okay, I had lunch at this coffee shop and here was the other person that was involved. And the more paper trail you have, it just helps out in case you ever get audited. Yeah. The third piece, let's let's yeah. hope that that's never the case Yeah, exactly. for everyone listening. <laughs> I'm going right. to proclaim Prepare that, for the yes. worst, but hope for the best. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Go on. What's the, what's yeah. the third? The third is a little bit more niche, but I do think it applies to a lot of freelancers. Um, and, you know, for, broadly speaking, it's essentially inventory. So if you're especially creating social content, the type of um, purchases you need to make to make that social content happen can be a write-off. So whether that's camera equipment, um, also makeup, cosmetics, um, any type of clothes that are specifically for, you know, the, the type of right. digital content you're going to be producing, um, that's all write-off. By the way, I preface all of this. I am not a lawyer. Right, right. <laughs> this asterisk, is not, you know, asterisk, asterisk, exactly. yes. <laughs> um, so definitely encourage further research or working with someone like a CPA that knows this backwards and forwards. But those are the three categories that I've seen so work really well. Tell us a little bit about kind of the ins and outs of Lumanu, like, you know, how uh, it really works to, to support freelancer. Yeah. So quite simply, um, there's two parts to Lumanu. And I'll, I'll tell you why there, there's two parts. So we have a business product that is mostly used by bigger brands and agencies to pay the freelancers they work with. We also have a mobile app that freelancers can just download and use. And using the app, there's three parts to it. One is the invoicing side. So, you know, there's a lot of apps out there that make it really difficult to send invoices. And invoices is usually the first thing to getting paid. Sometimes you just want to know frills, super easy, you know, send an invoice in 10 seconds. Lomani will help you do that. Um, the second feature is we have something called early pay. This is what I was alluding to at the very beginning. You know, when it comes to money, just being able to use early pay is a game changer, right? As soon as you send an invoice, and I always recommend send the invoice as soon as the contract is signed, and then just put the due date in the future. That way you have a paper trail. Because if you don't have an invoice, you know, it's just really hard to say that you've actually, quote unquote, um, have that, that right, income yeah, sure. line item. Then you can actually use early pay on those invoices. And that will give you cash, um, in order to fund your life, your other work endeavors while you're waiting for payment from the client. The nice thing about early pay is also it prevents you from ever needing to negotiate payment terms because you always have that in your back pocket. We do charge a small fees, the same as PayPal fees. And a lot of our users actually just bake that fee directly into their invoices. So it's essentially free. <laughs> Smart. Yes, right? I like that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's actually our flagship product and it's been a really big hit. Um, the third feature is around our expenses feature, like I mentioned earlier. Um, in accounting terminology, you can call these payables as well. You know, like a lot of creators and freelancers don't notice, but every time, let's say you're a photographer and you hire a makeup artist for a shoot, or you hired someone to do your website, 
you're now on the hook to actually offer them the appropriate tax forms as well, right? Um, many freelancers don't know that, but as soon as you pay any individual more than $600, you're on the hook to collect their W-9 and issue them a 1099. And that's where Lumanu comes in. If you use Lumanu to pay them instead of like a Venmo or giving them a check, we actually handle all of that paperwork behind the scenes so that you don't have to worry about it. Beautiful. Yeah. That is like such a time saver. <laughs> yeah. And then my last thing is, you know, it's not so much in the product, but we do offer a lot of community support. And that varies from, like I mentioned earlier, that resource with all of the bookkeepers categorized by photography, YouTube, Instagram. So you can sort of pick, you know, from our community of, of freelancers and their previous relationships, you know, the right bookkeeper for you, depending on where you live, what language you speak, how you make your money. Um, so that's been really helpful. We have a bunch of other tools similar to that as well. Well, I'm just thinking, Tony, we're we're kind of rounding out the end of the year here. We've got a, a couple of months left. And I'm just wondering if you have, I don't know, like a checklist or action list or even some things to think about as, as freelancers, kind of as we close out the year and we're thinking about this idea of, of wanting to, you know, value our work and also wanting to, to get paid. Do you have any, you know, inspiration, action list, anything for anyone listening? Yeah. So I got three things. Um, number one is it's always good to start getting your, your paperwork in order for the tax season <laughs> ahead of time, mostly because, you know, it's nothing more stressful than scrambling to get the right forms in January or February. So I would say, you know, just go through your client list now, make sure that you have all the proper forms, um, or use something like Lumanu and we can do all of that for you. So that's number one. I put in the work now so that you're not stressed out come, uh, come next year. Number two is like I mentioned earlier, this might be the time to really think about how much you're charging for your services and think bigger, right? Value-based pricing, your time is super valuable. And then start thinking about how to um, charge accordingly. And like I mentioned earlier, even experiment putting a fee directly on all of your invoices so that you can use that money to pay for health insurance, to put aside in a little you know, rainy day fund in case something ever happens, you can't work for several months or just to save it up for, for retirement. Try it out and see, you know, um, I guarantee you a lot of people will actually be okay with it, especially if you explain <laughs> what that fee is for. And then third bit is probably the most important one is take some time to relax, to reflect. Um, I'm a big believer in something called retrospectives. You know, at the end of the year, look back on this year and ask yourself, what went really well that you want to recreate next year? What didn't go so well and you would like to change for next year? Um, and then just doing that and, and being very mindful about it is, is super helpful. And there's no better time than doing it at the end of the year. Um, because, you know, once the, the new year hits, sometimes we're so go, 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 and, and there's no time for reflection. So, you know, do it on the beach, do it in a cabin, pick a place where you can relax and, and just reflect on the year. That stat still blows my mind that 80 to 90% of all income earning adults will have some form of freelance income. I mean, it makes sense and it's exciting to me but I know it's not for everyone. So hopefully you took away a few tips to help you really maximize your freelance income and most importantly, get yourself paid. If you want to connect with Tony, you can email him at tony at lumanu.com. You can connect on Instagram at lumanu where they share some great nuggets of information for freelancers and you can also grab their app. It's free in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Tony's goal is to really help you stop stressing so much about money. 
If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with friends, family members, someone who you know is also on that freelance journey. As always, you can head to the episode notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as the sponsors who make this show possible. I'll see you back here in a few days. (music) 